0: Welcome to the Getting Heaven Into People podcast. I'm Dave Ripper, a pastor here in New England, and I want to thank you for listening. After two years of the pandemic, almost all of us are hurting in some way, and so many of our churches are reeling. To address the deeply felt need Christians and churches have, I've designed this podcast to invite us to experience deeper healing and freedom over a 40-day journey as we pursue spiritual transformation together. I'm praying today's episode helps you experience greater joy, contentment, and confidence in your life and walk with God. So as you listen, may God's grace and peace be with you. Welcome to Getting Heaven in the People. I'm Dave here from Crossway Christian Church in Nashua, and we are on day 13 of a 40-day journey where we're learning and praying about how to cultivate greater spiritual freedom. And to find spiritual freedom... We need relational wisdom. God calls us to relate with him, to him with love. And the greatest command is to love God with all your heart and all your soul, all your mind and all your strength. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And after years of the pandemic, political turmoil, relational division, and now a war in Ukraine, it is clear that we as people have a long way to go when it comes to loving others and that includes those of us who even consider ourselves christians we've got a long way to go to learn to love now what rips relationships apart is simple it's sin stanley grenz in his book theology for the community of god says that sin is the destruction of community sin is the destruction of community But one of the key ways God invites us to restore community is by loving others as he has loved us. One of the biggest takeaways I can remember from the class I took with Dallas Willard in Colorado Springs back in 2010 in my last year at seminary at Denver Seminary was the strategy Dallas suggested we use to learn to love again. He said, we've got to begin by going back to elementary love. Start by loving the neighbor's who are in closest proximity to us, the people within our own homes, our relatives or roommates, whoever that might be. And to love is to will the good of another. You desire to see them flourish more than you desire to see yourself flourish. You prioritize them ahead of your own pursuits. And this is what agape, self-sacrificial love that we see modeled in Jesus is all about. As 1 John 3.16 tells us, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to do the same for others. So let me ask you, how well are you doing at loving those closest to you? That's elementary love. Now, as we focus on loving those closest to us, we can then graduate to greater levels of love. Loving others in our neighborhoods, in our community, in our schools, on our teams, those in need. And real advanced levels of love is about loving those maybe impoverished or more vulnerable or displaced in other parts of the world or even in different parts of our country. But generally, when we think about loving others, we can be tempted to try and start by loving those furthest from us at the expense of loving those closest to us. And that reverses how at least Willard sees neighborly love unfolding. Why is loving others so close to us often so hard? I think when it comes to relating to others, we all bring our woundedness to the table. And to protect ourselves from our woundedness, from having our insecurities be exposed, when others threaten us in some way challenge us in some way we don't like, our sin nature often directs us to respond in one of two destructive ways. We can assault or we withdraw. Assault or withdraw. In Renovation of the Heart, Willard defines assaulting others as when we act against what is good for them, even with their consent. He defines withdrawal from someone as when we regard their well-being and goodness as matters of indifference to us, or perhaps go so far as to despise them. Think about your life on social media for a moment. How have you seen others assaulted? How have you been attacked? Going beyond social media, maybe... How have you been assaulted or how have you been attacking toward others in your everyday life? Now, assault seems to be a bit extreme for many of us good Christians, so many others of us, when we allow our woundedness to get the best of us, we can also withdraw. We can pull away, give the cold shoulder, leave a church, cut off communication, sever ties, And it seems like now more than ever, we've been experiencing this and it can just happen in like a matter of seconds, years of relationship done over one decision, over one response, just like that. Now, let me add, there are times for establishing boundaries for for self-protection because becoming a doormat for others rarely gives God glory. The only time I can really think of that being true, of giving God glory by being a doormat, is Christ going to the cross for us. That's the obvious exception. But there are times where we do need to establish boundaries so that we do not allow other people to assault us and walking all over us. Now, I believe we could summarize the pain many of us feel in local churches right now as being the result of attack and withdrawal. Recent Barna studies have revealed 33% of practicing Christians have withdrawn from their churches during the pandemic, and another 15% have switched churches during this time, which means from just going back from 20, 2022 uh, to, to 2020, 24 months ago, The average church in America, based on those statistics, only has 52% of the same people there. There's a lot of relational woundedness and pain in that fact. Now, while we can't change the behavior of others, we can change how we behave ourselves, how we relate ourselves. So, how might we transform this social dimension of our human personality, so that we don't fall prey to attacking and withdrawing instead of loving as Christ has loved us. Well, I believe we first need to see ourselves as God's beloved. We must see ourselves the way God sees us. We are His beloved sons and daughters, fearfully and wonderfully made, creatures endowed with infinite significance and worth, And nothing anyone can do to us, say to us, assault us by, withdraw from us can change that reality. We find our sense of self-worth and our belovedness. And when we keep God's perspective of who we are in mind, we can start to receive spiritual healing from our own brokenness and woundedness. Not only so, when we see ourselves the way God sees us, we can secondly break free from the the grip that the opinions of others have. Have on us. We often live with spiritual unfreedom because we play, place way too much value on the opinions of others to determine our self worth. We often live with spiritual unfreedom because we care far too much how we compare or rank in comparison to others as well. Now, if we fall into traps of people pleasing or getting overly competitive or overvaluing the opinions of others, We can respond in ways when we feel threatened by assaulting or withdrawing ourselves. That's natural. But when we subversively insist upon seeing ourselves every day, the way God sees us, we can learn to relate to people who hurt us without stooping to assault or lowering ourselves to withdrawing in an aggressive fashion. And lastly, To grow in loving others, we need to see other people the same way that God sees us, as as loved people by God, as people, as image bearers of God. Every single person of every political ideology, of every background, of every race, everyone is an image bearer of God. But we're also sinners, and sin inflicts wounds. Over this pandemic, one of the ways I've experienced God's grace when I've been wounded is to see others as those who are wounded themselves. This person is wounding me because they are wounded themselves. Seeing others through the lens of God's grace like that helps me to displace my hurt with mercy, my anger with forgiveness, my disappointment with grace. And even if relationships don't get repaired or restored the way I would want, at least I can still do my utmost to love even when there's relational loss. And in doing my best to love God and love's others faithfully, I can relinquish the outcome of my relationships. And in that sense of surrender, there is spiritual freedom to be found. So friends, may we go back to the basics of learning elementary love by learning to love those closest to us. And may we repent and seek forgiveness for the ways we've assaulted or how we've withdrawn. And may we see ourselves the way God sees us and to see others the way God sees them. Through the eyes of never ceasing love. This is how heaven gets into people.